Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This podcaster named Sean Allen. ASAP, another Sean Allen podcast. ASAP, another uh, Sean Allen podcast. Thank you for tapping into ASAP. Make sure you subscribe, follow wherever you listen to podcasts and Apple and Spotify users. Please, please make sure you rate and write a review. I am Sean Allen, of course, with my my lovely co-host, the beautiful Alexis, and a very, very special guest. (laughs) Someone who literally, you know, has changed culture. Someone who is about to turn a game on its head again. And... Can I can I call you an actor? Because you do got some IMDb credits. <laughs> no, I don't want to be an actor. <laughs> okay, you ain't gonna be an actor, but definitely a cultural creator and a cultural creator icon. Murder Inc. Chris Gotti, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on, Sean? How's everything? What's going on, Alexis? I finally got it together and I'm going to publicly apologize for yesterday niggas was switching flights and missing flights and all this and my shit wasn't together I'm apologizing to you and Alexis that was just it's all good my mother got to see me longer she's happy (laughs) shout out to mom you're welcome (laughs) Nene was was happy but she's never happy because when I leave she's she never understands that I got to work. Right, but she she she's probably the main one reaping all the benefits from what you're bringing in. Absolutely. You, you Absolutely. know what I mean? It's so funny when we get old, we parent our parent. We become a parent to our parents, and we start taking care yeah. of our parents. Role and, reversal. Yeah, but I, that's how it's supposed reversal. to be. All of our listeners know you without knowing you, but they know you, you know what I mean? But for yeah. those of them who don't, what we like to do here at ASAP's Icebreakers, four choice questions, five questions, two choices. You can only pick one. Now, again, Chris, <laughs> you can only pick one. Okay? So. I can only pick one what? One what? of the two questions I'm about to, one of the two choices I'm about to ask you, you can only pick one. And I, okay. we're going to dive into them because I want to know why you picked it. Alexis is going to be my wingman. But you could you only know, pick Sean, one. I'm a guy that likes it all, though. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to. <laughs> Let's do the first one. Okay. Bad Boy or Rough Riders? 
Come on, Chris. Hello? I'm listening. Can I speak? This is not easy. And they're both, and they're both, you know, they're very close. And they, you they're know, personal to you. Yeah, they're personal to you. You know, I'm going to go to big. I know X, man, I'm, man, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, man. See, that's so hard. Wow. <laughs> Which one made that you mad? That one for me is so hard, but I, you know, I don't. It's like, how do I pick one or the other? Which one made the most money? I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go big. I'm gonna go with Biggie with Bad Boy. So why Biggie? Or why Bad Boy? One is great. Okay, so the difference between uh, Biggie for me personally versus DMX, uh, Biggie was first, right? Right. And that you know how music uh music has a way of uh dating time for you right and in that moment when biggie it was such a special time for, for hip-hop and so was dmx see that's why i said it was so hard it was a different time so i went with biggie first because he was first that's why i went with it he was first to have that effect with me with hip-hop those classic albums the way, you know, just the way he put songs together to make you visualize and feel his pain and passion, and you know, uh, you know, you know, you know, because <laughs> tonight somebody's gonna be having my baby. You know what I'm saying? All of these oh, things yeah. as a, as you're growing up, those songs, <laughs> yeah, you know, those songs was like very impactful for me. Where X's songs, man, different vibe different feeling just as strong i just went with biggie first so i'm controversial so biggie definitely is one of the the greatest rappers of all time he's one of the greatest lyricists of all time one of the greatest you know it's okay so so people ask me that question like all the time who's the best the the only way to judge the best is test of time Right. You can't be the best in a short amount of time. That's you was only great for that moment. You have to have the test of time to to be the greatest. You know, it's it's funny because I get this question all the time with with basketball, also with Michael Jordan, LeBron, and I stopped talking about is Michael only because LeBron is still doing unbelievable things, and that's the test of time. You know, in that era that test of time in your era you can't go we can't switch years right you have right. to stay inside was you the most dominant was you putting up the numbers it's not our fault that biggie was killed so prematurely and didn't get to run through the test of time but his body of work uh if it stood for anything he stood for greatness so again it's very difficult to say he's the best like puppy said he's the best i'm like man nah. What if he came out with one album right after that and it wasn't that, you know, and it wasn't at that level, then you'll be like, yeah, he's not the greatest, but he didn't get a chance to do that. That's a, this is a great answer. Yeah, but that, it's all, it's, it, it varies based on how do you judge the the greatest. That's all I can ask. You know, the greatest, even if he had all um, perfect songs up until the point he was killed, he didn't do it long enough versus let's say a jay-z let's say a drake 
who doesn't get thrown in there. Little Wayne, who doesn't, they don't, you really hardly hear these guys' names. Eminem, again, I'm going to give you, even with Eminem, the only reason I, he's one of the most greatest lyrical guys, lyrical. But Eminem is not a record, most of his music is not what I listen to. It doesn't move me, right? It doesn't make me feel like hip-hop was about, a certain thing. I don't talk about killing my mother or, or my, you, know, you know, I don't talk, I don't want to hear that. Yeah, That's not I, the type of songs that I would put in at the top. Now, can he make great music? Oh, I believe he can. He's that talented. It's just his music. And then I'll give you the, the next part to it. Um, you know, the Source magazine, Ray, Ray, Dave Mays and Ray Benzino owned the Source. The source was brought down because of one thing, and that was because of Eminem. And that's because Jimmy Iovine and, let's say, Steve Stout at the time, who controlled all the ads that was going, most of these ads going into that magazine, and if you know that's how magazines make their money, especially back then, it wasn't it wasn't digital yet. They was making all the money from the ads. They was get, getting placed in the magazine, print ads. And they wanted Eminem to get, well, Jimmy Iovine wanted Eminem to get five mics. Right. I want this story to become a movie. I told Dave and Ray they should make the source of the movie because it needs to be told. Um, people don't understand what happened. And they look at Dave and Ray like they wasn't those guys. They was absolutely those guys. They had the Bible of hip hop with the source. And if you got five mics, it meant the world. Right. There's a white rapper that comes out and he starts with, hello. My name is, my name is, my name is Slim Shady. <laughs> That'll never get five mics in anybody's book except for if you're fucking white. Right. And that is the fucking problem. And that is what happened. And when he didn't get five mics, he got four. They took all the ads out of that magazine wow. and destroyed that magazine. You know, people don't understand. That's what happened behind the scenes. And they took away what was probably the only true reading gauge in hip-hop that wasn't bought if you understand he couldn't bribe them they only did it if they really believed it right right and that was something that was special and then they ruined it because all rap label all record labels want to do is control 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 you understand and that's the problem but you know when i get into those great conversations about who's the best go ahead i'm sorry what's that no, I was gonna say, was that considered white privilege in hip hop? Of course, it's white privilege in hip hop. Absolutely, <laughs> it's not a question. It wasn't like again. He's again, and I'm not trying to take away from his talent, but that body of work, that record. If you put a black face on it, it singing "Hello, my name is Shady," will never get a record deal. They will not get a deal at that time in that moment. Uh, even today, okay? Jimmy Iovine being probably arguably the best executive in the game did the best thing he put dr dre the icon the greatest hip-hop producer to stand next to him this icon rap icon from to stand next to him and make it that was the most brilliant move ever in hip-hop as an executive right and that's why jimmy to me is one of the best executives ever that lived in music not just hip-hop in music period he proved it with so many other things i mean i've never I've never was into Eminem. I mean, bangers and stuff, but he was never in my top five list. And back to Big, too, I was 
the only thing that kind of only problem I kind of have with like Big and his legacy, there's just not enough material. And it kind of goes to what you were saying, you know, with the time and, you know, being able to prove himself. There's just not enough material for me to. But the impact he had in that short time he was here, you can't deny. But then I'm asking, too. That is part of the equation. Right. Uh, You know, if you added more parts to the equation, you know, Jay-Z, I think, sums it up in, in, uh, in one of his songs talking about itself. He's like, I got to be number one in everyone's category because of his influence on culture. And I agree. The test of time, 11 number one albums, more than the Beatles, like still iconic in every way that he is. Right. I don't know. Now, can someone, again, take him down? I think they only could get pushed to the side. That's like Michael Jordan and and uh, LeBron James. I mean, you know, it's, it's really about being pushed there's too many great players, uh, great artists that we're now accumulating that you really can't take someone down. It's just your favorites. That's all. I, I, that conversation is very difficult in the barbershop because that's barbershop conversation. <laughs> that's actually you some know good what content. Saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever got to work with Big? Uh, we used to gamble together. That's Playboy. I knew Big. I knew Tupac. Um, man, Great times, man. Just funny. This guy was so witty. Um, you know, just imagine when he was doing it, we just was really getting started with a guy named Mike Geronimo with Blunt Records. So we was over there. But again, Blunt's an independent label. We didn't have no budgets, but we got to meet, get up with Puff. You know, we knew Puffy. So we got to meet Big, Craig Mack, the whole bad boys roster at wow. the time. You know. We didn't do records with him. Irv didn't get to produce for him, but we absolutely would be on video sets. He did Flavor in the Air remix. We was in that. If you see that video, that's what oh, he was jamming like crazy that, um, on that set. But, uh, yeah, we would go pull up on a session or whatever, but Biggie was just like, that's Playboy. He was witty as hell, man. That's, that's dope, man. That's dope. I, I'm, I'm waiting for yeah. the movie in the book. You know what I mean? Alexis want to be in the book, too, so... Make sure you sprinkle her in in the book. Vegas or Miami? (laughs) Vegas or where? (laughs) Vegas or Miami. You said Vegas or Miami? Yeah. Listen, I'm I'm actually, right now, I'm in Vegas. Um, But Vegas is, again, that question is too vague for me. (laughs) If you're talking about just a, a vague, here's why. Are you talking about the living there? Or just vacation. There's no place like Vegas for that little weekend. I always would tell everybody years like to go to Vegas for man a week was too much. It was too long of a trip. <laughs> Vegas is a weekend, a long weekend at best, and that's it. Definitely. Uh, so in Miami, again, I, Miami has more culture, like in the sense of community. I could go to. I go to Opelika and get in there. You know what I'm saying? I go to Overtown and fuck with some like oh, you Vegas about the hood. again. You know, Vegas is just a strip. It's very small. Right. It's funny because I just told my brother uh, Irv where we was here. He comes to Vegas and he's like, he wanted to get next to um, Little Baby. And I said, Vegas is small, man. What's little baby doing? He said, oh, he's doing Dre's tonight. I said, he knows you coming? He said, no, nah, I'm just going to pull up on him. Oh. So I said, well, then let's go to the hotels and find him. 
He'll be at the casino gambling. Yeah. He's gonna be or in the shop. He's up up. I walk mm-hmm. I I walk mm-hmm. from the Venetian over to the wind and as soon as I walk in the wind, who's in the Prada shop? The whole you know, is little baby P, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to them. You know, Irvin's trying to put him in a, a little baby into a movie, so he's discussing that, see if he gets him in this movie. But at the end of the day, as soon as we walk in, I walk in, he's right there. I call Irv, I said, he's right here, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Vegas is small. I, I lived out there. I went to school out there. I was out there for a minute. One horse town out, out here. I mean, it's yeah, turning up, though. They got the, the football team, and they're trying to get the basketball in. L.A. can't afford L.A., so they're going to Vegas. Oh, uh, there'll be a basketball team. Their hockey team already won the yeah. Cup. Like, the hockey team is doing well. All the sports franchises. And now with legalization of gambling all over. Man, who the Vegas is it's no state tax. It's from up, a it's franchise up. or a play, player. From a player standpoint, they can't wait to get over here. I bring that up too. I put that on the list because I was watching episode three of giving them the business legalized online game gambling. So I'm like, let me throw this. Oh in man, there. that's it. That's my podcast. We just started giving them the business. Yeah, we go def- definitely dive into that one. Ashanti or Jennifer Lopez? <laughs> 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 Chris, you can only pick one, Chris. You can only pick one. What is it for? Hold on, hold on, hold on. What are we talking? Are we talking for music or are we talking for relationship? What are we talking? See, you're leaving it very vague. Okay, because you, because you, Jennifer Lopez. Which one is it pertaining to me? Musically, it's not even close. Which one made you the most money? Oh, that's not hard. Uh, okay. Ashanti. Ashanti. But those Ashanti. Jennifer Lopez songs were massive. Yeah, but Shanti's massive as well, and she kept doing it. See, you know, again, Shanti has a ton of number ones records. Right. But we did a couple records with Jim Lopez, and it was under Tommy. Um, Tommy Mottola had control, which was Sony Records. It wasn't on Murder Rink per se. It, 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 we made it appear like it. Right. See, see, when you're behind, when you when you have control of things, appearance again. I can use I can use. Other things, uh, G Unit. G Unit wasn't G Unit. That was under Aftermath. Right. But the appearance was G Unit because they did. That's business moves. Right. They created an imprint because they didn't want him on Aftermath because it was like it doesn't fit that label. So Jennifer Lopez at the time couldn't get played on any record radio stations on black radio stations, and it made it better for her. To appear like she's murdering because we was basically Irv is a radio whore. He we was spinning on every radio station. Yeah. So, so it was business. It's, it, and again, for the public that didn't understand, they might like, oh, murdering. Yes, but Tom Mottola at the end of the day, Sony Records, that's who controlled Jennifer Lopez and the majority of that money. They paid us a, a handsome ransom note just to do the record, but right. but at the end of the day. That's a that's really a Sony that's a Sony uh that's who really benefited from that. I've been listening to Ashanti rock with you, but she say baby okay. like a million times on the song. And I was like, that was very bold at that time for a new artist. I bought that was her second album to kind of come out with a song that was kind of so repetitive. It was a hit, it was a smash, 
massive hit, one of my favorite Ashanti songs. But yeah, like, yeah, it was a big, huge hit. But that's like that's like marketing and branding as well because that was like that that was really bold. She said that in all her songs. Was that consciously done? <laughs> oh baby! <laughs> but she says that in all her songs. All her songs are baby, baby. <laughs> but you know, at the end of the day, um, a lot of those records, the creation is be- because of the co- chemistry and the mar- uh, relationship between her and Irv. Um, Irv once, and I tell anyone. Yeah, you have a podcast. I said if you and you're successful at it, and now you have you know you're, you're dealing with it. once you have chemistry with somebody or something that is working, the hard the hardest thing is to have that chemistry with people or or whatever it is that system. Let's say whatever it may be, that's your secret sauce. You never want to break it. You want to extract as much out of it as you can possibly before you break it. Um. And that's one of the reasons I thought Irv and Shanti worked so well, but then they ended up breaking that chemistry, you know, and that changed things completely. Everybody could eat off that, those those songs, that that era, that time. But the rest of it, I mean, they do, you guys do anyway, but I was just like, wow, what a moment. The, the videos, yeah. everything, the budget, that, that was really, really a moment. <laughs> and I associate, too, like yeah. Murder, Inc. So it's like, when I think of like, East Coast, I think of like it was Bad Boy, the Bad Boy era first, then it was the Rough Riders, and then it was Murder Inc. I think of like three right. times of music, and like I think of three sounds, and that you know, and, and two of the three we helped create. Yeah, yeah, we were diving into all that, man. Incredible, it's incredible. It's funny because Rough Riders, Rough Riders was created with DMX, and DMX, Irv, if you look at Get At Me Dog, the very first. Record, He's in the video. Yeah, but the, yes, we're in the video. That was at the tunnel. We was, I was there. I just never wanted to be on screen. Right. Um, at the time, I just never wanted to be public. I always like I'm gonna be in the back. I didn't want. Everyone was trying to be in those videos at the time. I hated that shit. I hated looking at dudes that I'm like, man, what are you doing? What are you running to get in front of the camera <laughs> for? But hey, to each his own. DMX was created with that record. Get at me, dog. Because of one thing, Irv wanted to go against, who's a dear friend, but it's that that friendly competitive fire, right? Right, that you want to do better, and that was against Puffy. Puffy was shiny suits and pretty, everything all pretty and shiny with Puff. If you look at that, get at me, dog. Irv used height weight, told height Williams, I want to make this shit gruddy, like ugly, right. complete polar opposite. Because he's like, I cannot beat Diddy at that clean, pretty, shiny shit. Right, right. So that, it's just the love. And, and that's what he did. If you, and he kept DMX right there. And again, it was easy because DMX was already that type of an artist. But, you know, visually, that's what he gave you would get at me, dog. And if you remember, he had that flashing lights in your face real crazy. The whole way, like your strobe light just hitting you, like yeah. dark. I mean, dirty, dirty video, and it was like it captured that whole essence. It worked, and that's what it was really <clears throat> catapulted. Get at me, dog. That was that was a moment too. That was terrible, Sean. That bark was <laughs> terrible. Not after I edited, yeah. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> Can you do a better bark? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering if, if, I'm just wondering because usually someone can comment and say something's terrible they should be able to do it better you made money with both of these people obviously you made a lot of money with both of these people in production Seven or Irv that's not even close <laughs> who, you, who you riding with that's not even though? close Irv of course it's not even close it's not even close Wait, Seven, you had some bangers, though, too, man. You know, listen to me. I'm not denying Seven bangers. Here's what I'm going to tell you. It's, uh, who would you pick? I'm going to flip a question on you. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Wozniak or Steve Jobs? Wow, that's a good one. Um, Wow, that's a tough one. I'm going to say Steve Jobs because it started with them. Well, see, but why isn't I take it to the next level, right? Hold on, hold on. Okay. I, you say it's tough. See, it's just a misunderstanding, right? You say it's tough, and from what I understand, it's not tough. It's so clear and simple well, to yeah. say Steve Jobs. Here's why, and this is with this is why they beefed to Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs was because Steve Jobs would would be the idea, okay? Right. Steve Wozniak was able to create the idea after he was told what it is. And he used to tell Steve, Steve Jobs would tell Wozniak, if I left it up to you, you build it like everybody else. Right. You understand? It's the vision. See, that's to me the money. That's the money. That's the people with the money. Like, and that's Irv. Irv was the vision. If you leave, okay, so if, if, if uh, seven is so comparable, how come he's still not going? <laughs> see, see, see. That's where you, you. He's so short, and then that's when you have to add in that chemistry is what made him make those records. Right. The conversations, the herb telling this seven literally would make one beat, and it would be herb would break it down, and it become three beats. So if he left it like Seven left it, it wouldn't be the same. It would be totally different. You understand? Like yeah. there's so much dynamic that goes into which with that that question. That's why I was like, it's not even close to Herb, and it's not because he's my brother. I watched it. Right, you were there. I seen it firsthand. If and again, if Seven is the money, and he's the money, he should be still going. I feel you on that. I mean, With or without Irv. A lot of people wouldn't even know who Seven was. They they were like, what? But they know Irv Gotti. You know, Puffy had all the hit makers um, with him. That's what they, his team was called, producers. Right. Dr. Dre had, uh, what's his name? Scott had, Storch, right? Producers. Scott Storch was one of them. He had a producer with him. You remove that chemistry, that knowledge, the Dr. Dre's, the Puffy's, the Herb Gotti's, you remove them and you don't get the music we have. Right. They could say whatever they want. It was the chemistry between that music to the words that was being said to the conversations they was having with both parties, the writer and the producer. And then they would, might even add things in. They wasn't, Herb could produce music, but when you get busy, you know, people started... I seen an interview with my man self, and I'm like, damn, so you know the truth is the truth, yes, but it's your side, it's your version of the truth. And then I could give you a complete different synopsis. And self is my brother. And I'm like, Herb said, I'll give you 50-50. I guarantee you go to Dre or Puff 
he would never give you 50 because <laughs> you're not 50 50. right you understand and i'm like self you're complaining in the hindsight because you yes you did produce the record but you didn't even meet dmx you didn't talk to him so how did you produce it right so there has to be another part to that and you're eliminating it and putting no value on it and then when you speak people that don't know the difference of how records are really made and created, especially with certain things. If there was something there, it, it, it's it's a huge value you're just leaving out because you're saying you produced it all. And I'm like, no, I heard produced that record with you. You made the beat, yes. He added a few things to it. He mixed it, mastered it. That's all part of the production. Right. He talked to DMX on how to actually say what. That's why you can't. Those questions to me, that question is so easy. Right, right. I'm just, I know too much to say differently. You know what I'm saying? Most of these producers that we ever dealt, they're just what I call beat makers. Because if they was real producers, they would have a ton of hit records. Because once you're on one hit record in this industry of music, everyone's calling you to give me the next one. Yeah. I Didn't mean, Michael Jackson you know, give you a call and a better call? Oh, yeah. Like, man, God bless, man. That was one of my favorite Tell them the times. story. Tell them the story. Yeah, that's dope. Uh, I want to hear this. That's one of my favorite times for um, in, in the music. Michael Jackson story. Michael <laughs> called Irv, Irv, and he we're in the office together, and Irv picks up, and Mike's calling, and Irv hangs up on him. He thinks it's a prank. And Mike <laughs> keeps calling back, and Irv's like, who... Who the hell is this? Stop playing with me. And he's laughing. You hear Mike laughing. He said, it's me. It's Michael Jackson. He's just <laughs> like, he said, I, I want you to come out and I want to, you know, bring some music and I want to go through it, talk to you. He kept it real simple. He didn't say like anything more than that. He said he was a huge fan, everything. Next thing you know, we're on a, a helicopter. We're on a private plane to 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 the, to the West Coast, to uh, Van Nuys. Yeah, uh, and then we take a helicopter from there to go to where Mike is at, his Neverland's Ranch. Wow. And I mean, the experience was, ne- you know, I'll never forget that experience. It was incredible. You know, we I wish it was today, but he wouldn't let, we had to sign waivers. We couldn't record, tape, anything of the meetings we had with him, everything, in order to just go there. But that day, now this is Mike. Not in his heyday. This is when Mike was suing Sony um, for his masters, right. the whole thing. And he was like, they're racist, they're coming at, they're trying to do this. And they were. And we go there, and I mean, we're sitting down for about, you know, they had a whole staff, chef, maids that greet you like a little gauntlet. You walk through, they're all bound to you, almost like royalty, like, you know, and you come in, and they told us to stay here. And then they asked us, do we want something? And I was like, we got a tuna fish on wheat. You know what I'm saying? Toasty. That's it. Herb's like, yeah, two. And the ginger ale. Like, it was like yesterday. I remember everything. Wow. And then we're sitting there. I mean, I eat the whole tuna fish. And I'm sitting there like, man, I ain't come out here for no tuna fish. Where did this dude at? He knows we're here. <laughs> and as soon as I said that, Mike pops up from, <laughs> hey, guys. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, come on, follow me, follow me. And we look, me and Irv looking at each other. It's funny because at the time I kept telling Irv, you know, I'm trying to get, me, I'm in business mode. I'm trying to get this work. Mike pays a lot of money for the music if he takes your music a lot. He owns it all, but he, he pays a lot. Right. So I'm sitting there telling Irv, I'm like, man, we going to get 
<laughs> I said, whatever you do, whatever you do, you look him in his face. Because, you know, Mike's face at the time was a little disfigured. His nose was all messed up. And I said, you stare that man in his eyes and you talk to him. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and we, when he came out, I said, come on, come on, guys. I mean, it's like he ran through a whole maze. We're trying to keep up with this guy. We don't know where we're going. But we've seen things like he had chess boards on, like, every size, from the littlest size chessboard to the biggest, I mean, pieces bigger than me. And the floor is the chessboard wow. as we're going through it. I mean, it was very, I mean, he had, like, a library of all, um, um, like, memorabilia from all the places, kings, queens, he, every country. I mean, pictures, I mean, unbelievable. I believe the Netherlands is probably going to turn into a museum from all the things he had there. Wow. It'll be something for tourists to come in and see and pay money, just like uh, Graceland is for Elvis Presley. He was cool, though, right? <laughs> he was, like, nice as hell? I, I, what... Mike, Michael Jackson's our meeting was so real. If I told you Mike in that meeting did every emotion you could think of with us, he cried, he laughed. I mean, he laughed so much. I mean, you know, and he, he like... One of the best times was Herb's like, man, you might. Herb was playing beats. He said, man, you might. You ain't got to dance like that no more. You a legend. <laughs> he said, all you got to do is two-step. And Mike couldn't stop laughing. You know, he couldn't stop laughing about Herb telling him he don't have to dance no more because Mike was telling us his body's broken down from dancing, from practicing so much. Right. Like his bones, and he's showing us like his, his shoulders out or just almost disfigured. It's like, damn, Mike, stop dancing. <laughs> wow. What happened with the music you guys recorded? We didn't record. We met. Herb played music. He kept music. So, And in the way it works is if he makes the record and uses it, he calls you and tells you he's going to buy it. Right, right, right. I just kind of found so that we out. Left him, we, we, we left him like, eight or 12 tracks. I can't remember the exact number. It was a bunch that Mike and Herb was talking through playing and Herb was like, this is the type of record you should, he's telling Mike what type of record he's playing. Herb is, and again, Herb, Herb is Herb. Herb is one of one. He's cursing at Mike. He's yelling at Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike loved it. I swear to you, Mike loved it. He even asked us our advice on uh, what should we do from the, for the lawsuit he's dealing with. With with Sony, you know, only advice I gave him, I said, do do yourself a favor. I said, don't make it just black, meaning don't just go get uh, Al Sharpton and Johnny Cochran. And right. I said, don't make it just about black. I said, it's definitely race, but this is about billions of dollars. This is big business. Right. Make sure you have both sides represented, the black side and the money side. Right. You know what I mean? So. You know, and for the most part, I believe he was listening. He definitely had Johnny and Al again Sharpton. I didn't think he should have used Al Sharpton at the time because Al has a very negative opinion from people when you talk about Al, especially then. Um, so I didn't think he was the right person for this. Uh, but, you know, he was pissed off. He was, you know, he was violated from his rights. So he, in the way he, they was robbing him from his his, his uh, publishing. Wow, that's that's incredible though. I mean, I think Sony killed him too. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you think Sony 
Yeah, he, I think they, I think they, him. yeah, I think they, you know what I mean, found well, a you way. you know, that doctor he had, that doctor he had, you know, people always talk about Mike, he didn't, he didn't touch no little kids, man. That dude is harmless. He I loves everything, that. man. Yeah, I don't think he touched, you know, well, he didn't touch nobody. He could buy Mike, a kid. <laughs> If Mike, if Mike was anything, I'd probably say he's more asexual than anything. He just was, if he's, you know, have, you know, he has two kids, but it was artificial insemination, right? right. Uh, at the end of the day, that's Mike. That's how I felt he was. Again, now, just knowing what I know about him, got to meet him only that day. We was there all day, though. But just knowing him from there and just seeing his demeanor, you know, you get a you get a good vibe on somebody. You know, his childhood, he went through his whole childhood. He went through all of his childhood stuff, man. He was really, um, you know, they did a number on him. Let's just say that. Joe Jackson, he talked about all of that stuff. He cried because he found, he, he cried because he found out me and Irvin brothers. He, he didn't realize we were brothers. And he said, oh, my God. And we're from a big family like he is. We're, it's eight of us. And he said, oh, he said, please, he stopped crying. Don't you ever let this business break you apart. <laughs> he's like, Mike. Uh -huh. I, I was like, Mike, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> he, but nigga, That's his own trauma. That is true. I mean. No, they, you could see, you could feel his pain in his family. Yeah, that pain, was a trauma. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah, he went through trauma. You know, Joe Jackson was taking whore whorehouses when he was probably like five and six years old. Yeah, probably making him get on some of the women. So it definitely had an adverse effect. How does one not know that you guys are brothers or you guys have the same face? Well, you know, I'm just saying, <laughs> it's Michael Jackson. He just knows Irv Gotti makes this music and I'm bringing him out there. He didn't realize at the time he has a brother. I was very behind the scenes. Right. Yes, we look alike. I understand that, but it, it, it may not register right away. Right, people. right with people you know yeah i've had other people say hey your brothers like yeah duh <laughs> <laughs> hey they say you look alike oh you guys look alike yeah same mother and father you could that could happen <laughs> <laughs> it's prehistoric but it does happen <laughs> right right yeah, right it, it, it's, it's, there's a chance with the same mom and dad <laughs> you might look alike <laughs> with one of your siblings <laughs> <laughs> you know they're so used to they so used to you know like, like with blacks they don't have the same mother and father you got oh he's my half brother or whatever <laughs> matchonmatch.com is a black owned online micro marketplace that offers maximum exposure dedicated to black and brown creatives content creators and entrepreneurs alike need help with a product launch website or designing match Email us at info at merchonmerch.com or click the link in the description of this episode. And for ASAP listeners, we are offering free shipping with code ASAP at checkout. G-Unit or Murder Inc.? <laughs> <laughs> of course. Is that a question? <laughs> hey, hey, just... Wait. No, seriously, seriously. Come on, so, Sean, Chris, Alexa, Come you, on. Is you, that a question? You, you, you in the show, I didn't please. raise that question. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, this is a sh this is a this show. So we're 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 for show purposes, we're gonna go ahead and say murder ink to lead us into what we need to talk about. Absolutely murder ink. <laughs> G Unit is only 
you know, we was in the perfect storm. G Unit is Murder Inc. G Unit stole Ja Rule's whole style, everything. At the end of the day, it's all good. It, it is what it is, but it's not a question. Murder <laughs> Inc. Hey. No, and that's not being biased. He really stole Ja Rule. You know what I just found out too? That's I didn't know fact. that Murder Inc. was, you guys, the inspiration. I mean, I mean, it makes so much sense, but that was a real mafia gang like back in the day. And it got. Oh, you're talking about the Italians. Yeah, Murder Inc. was definitely um, that's Albert Anastasia and his crew. Lucky Luciano, they created a, a group of the Italians that was labeled Murder Inc. That's and dope. They was out really, they was out really killing people. Right. So the name, the main Murder Inc. that we took was based on that. And Herb was watching Arts and Entertainment. We get offers from Tommy Matola for a label. We didn't go out and say, hey, we're going to start a record label. Totally different. We just was working. Herb wanted to be the biggest producer in the game. Right. So what did I do? I built out the production team, and that's what we became. We became the biggest producer, and Herb became the biggest producer in the game. And because of that, Tommy Matola says, I want to buy beats. Send David Fearson, his VP, to meet up. And he says, you know what? I don't want to buy no beats. I want it. Tommy wants to give you a record label. We went into, oh my God, this is great. <laughs> to, and then we went, it got into a bit of war with all the record labels. And Universal Def Jam, Island Def Jam ended up winning the best, put up the biggest and best offer. So that's how we ended up at Def Jam. But Tommy's the reason. Tommy Mitchell at Sony is the reason we got murdering. So now once we get a deal, we're like, what's the name of the label? We don't have a name. <sighs> we, didn't, we didn't have a name. We wasn't, have, we wasn't trying to build a label. Right. If you understand, we didn't say, this is what we're going to do. We didn't go out and say, we're going to go get a label. No, it just happened because of Tommy. And then when we have to find a label, Irv is watching. We went through a bunch of different names and Irv is watching uh, A&E Channel, Arson Entertainment, is Gangsta Week. And it comes on the TV screen with the Tommy gun shooting the screen up. And it's the notorious murder ring. And that's the announcer. He's like the narrator of the, the TV show. He's saying this. And he said, and they made hits. Irv went fucking crazy. Wow. That's what we do. We make hits. We murder ring. We make hits. And that was the connection. <laughs> And, and it worked. Uh, look, I got goosebumps telling. I got goosebumps telling the story every time because it's so real. Because it, the name came from that place. Herb was like, "We make hits." It, wow, and it worked. And then, then Herb was Herb Gotti, not because he chose his nickname. Most people pick their nicknames. Gotti was given to him from Jay Z. So his oh, wow. Herb's real nickname in the beginning was Magoo because he couldn't see. So if you know that cartoon character, yeah. Magoo, he was, Mr. Magoo. Always, <laughs> he was always squinting. He couldn't really see. So everyone was calling her Magoo. Then Jay-Z called him. He's like, I don't like Magoo. I'm going to call you Gotti. And and he's like, why Gotti? He said, you connected, basically. And that was the end of that. And then once Jay-Z called Irv Gotti, everybody called Irv, Irv Gotti. And then I didn't pick Gotti. It was given. It was because Irv's my brother. If he's right. got it, you got to be got it. Right, right, right. And everyone just started calling me Chris Gotti. But at the end of the day, it wasn't a choice. It was just really, it, it just happened. And everyone was on the, oh, 
he's he, you know he's into this gang stuff. We all into the gangster culture, you know. Don't get it. Don't get you know. Scarface became Scarface because everyone was in that gang culture, that gangster culture. He just was Cuban. End of the day, and, the, and it was the come up story. You know, we're all have nots. So those stories are always about the have nots coming up they just don't tell you about the bad side of it <laughs> right 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 you know the way, the way most of those stories end is either dead or in jail but we weren't out uh killing people we was out killing the industry making hits it's so interesting too because you guys definitely you know put the footprint in the game even before murder inc you guys was making moves so like where did this yeah. business acumen come from because and I know you made a you, you were a millionaire in construction before you started fucking with music, so, but where yeah. did this bit like did your dad run a business or was you, your mom <laughs> like what where, where did this? <laughs> mom and dad came from. Listen, mom was a mom was um, all they had. I will say this, which was everything, was love. That's it. Right. Okay, so the whole family received love. Um. If I if I was completely honest, you know, again, my mom is eighty eight. So if you go back, she was raised from the south, right? Right. End of the day, um, she would tell us. She would tell me, "You think you had it rough? Imagine, imagine coming out your door and someone's hung on the pole." She said, "That's what I had to deal with." Wow. So. You know, I it's a totally different. So her mindset with the systems that are in place, the law, you know, it was always negative. It was always don't do this, don't do that. So if I just listened to my mother, we would never do anything. Right. I would never have done anything. And I know Irv wouldn't have done everything. I raised Irv in the sense of he's three years younger than me. Mostly all my friends was his friends. Right. And we took care of Irv. He was the baby of eight. So my all my brothers and sisters also helped her as being the baby at eight. But at the end of the day, no one more than me. Um, and I took care of her on every sense of level, from the street stuff, any, anything with his career, musically. Again, I don't take any credit except for I helped him. He's the, he's the genius, right? He's that right. creative genius. That's who Irv is. All I did was give him the tools that he needs to be successful. He's, when I come to the production company, I, he only got one producer. I say, man, we need more inventory. I don't care what you do. Just I'm not taking less money. Got it. <laughs> wow. And I, I take it and run. And then you ask, where did it come from? It comes from us watching the struggle of my dad having no money ever. You know what I'm saying? My mom just being a home homebody, taking care of the family the best way she can with what little scraps she had um, and making it making it work like the work was never an issue it was just and we always feel we could win to this day right. i don't care what it is you show me the game i'm gonna beat you right you, you understand you show me the game i'm gonna beat you and that's how we felt just give us the opportunity to get in the game and we're gonna win so the work ethic was already through the roof uh and it was just about that same mindset that same I'm going to win no matter what. Of course, we got more losses than wins. But you just need one to change everything. That's the jewel for everybody out there. If as long as you keep going, you can't lose. Right. 
You only lose when you quit. Right. This game, there's no scoreboard except for, you know, what you're trying to accomplish. The points don't matter. You get the one win and it's, it's you, you did it. Okay, Harry. It's, it's something's got to give. <laughs> something's got to give. That's it. Did you guys think that the music thing was go? I mean, it was already popping before Murder Inc. But did you think that it was going to turn into what it turned well, into? Well, you know, here's one of the, here's a true story. Go back to the beginning. Herb was making music in our basement, and uh, Jam Master Jay, God bless the dead, uh, would come over to the house, hear the music, take it, take a CD. I mean, a tape, a cassette. No CDs then take the cassette and then next you know we'd hear similar sounds coming from run dmc wow hit records and we're sitting there herb would be mad as hell and i was like man we could do it they're the biggest group in the world and they're winning and they're taking some of our stuff we could do it wow and you guys and that was it. the mindset and that was the mindset it was like you know and then Irv, again, Irv is a different animal. I'm thinking of money, how to make the money, and Irv is thinking about how to change the world. You know, he wants to change, and he did it. You know, we get to Def Jam, they was, we're East Coast rap. I, I always said that. East Coast rap was birthed really after the downside of all of the East Coast. Death Row comes out and kills Puffy and everybody. They're killing it. And we're on Dev Jam, the rap label selling the least amount. Puffy selling twos and threes and fives and tens. Bad, Dev, uh, Def Row is selling tens and fives and sevens. You know, they're killing it. They're doing the numbers, the right. biggest numbers. And Dev Jam, the hit, the hip-hop record label that started before both of them, can't even sell but three, 300,000, 500,000. And Irv was like, what is this, yo? This is dis disgraceful. <laughs> and came in and changed the culture of hip-hop for the East Coast. With, with Again, with DMX, Ja Rule, and Jay-Z. Changed it all. First time I heard Ja was in uh, Can I Get Up With Jay-Z. Oh, wow. So the Jay-Z connection makes sense because that was the first time I've heard Ja Rule. Then I think I heard him next. I paid attention I don't know if it was Holla Holler or um, the Christina Milian joint, but I was like, okay, this is some fire. This is some new shit that's about to happen. And sure enough, it turned into this whole institution. But that was, what's, yeah. what's Can I Get a, his first, Jaws first like song, real song? It was the first song with Jay on Jay-Z and it was on the Rush Hour soundtrack. Yeah. And you know, you know, and so it was in that movie. So it got a ton of promotional dollars put into it. Jay-Z, it was his record because he he heard the track and asked Irv for the track when he heard it. And Irv said, that's Jaws' first single. He's like, can I put it on a soundtrack? I'm going to give you this. You know, the business came in. And and he was like, Irv was like, I got to ask Ja. Ja, being who he is, being one of the best MCs, like, no problem. Right. He's like, take it. I'll make another one. Wow. And that's why Jaws on the hook. And, and, but it was a Jay-Z record. Right. For the Rush Hour soundtrack. Did you expect the success 
of everything you guys were doing with the like on your own. Yeah, listen, when Irv was making music before we got into success, successful, Irv would always give me something. Listen, Irv was a DJ first, and Irv's DJ skills had everyone coming to come see him. Everybody would buy mixtapes from Irv. I mean, the block would be lit up with people when he told me he's dropping a new mixtape, waiting to buy the mixtape from. So I already knew he was special from that standpoint musically. And then when he started making music, it was like no doubt he was going to be special once he gets some opportunities. So it wasn't even, you know, for me, when you ask me, Again, we don't lose because I know Irv is going to run through that wall. Right, you know, right. I, that's, who I, that's who I am. There's nothing stopping me. You're not going to stop me. So at the end of the day, that's what we did. I, once Irv got in, I knew he was going to kill it. You know what else you guys did too? I'm kind of jumping forward a little bit because Ja was before Shanti. But in, in, in Lil Mo and the, you know, you guys did like the, the duet, the rapper with the singer thing. Like, you guys did that really, really well and kind of, I want to say, like, ushered in. like That was a, that murdering sound. Yeah, that was like a sub-genre that was part of, of rap, rap. Yeah. And you yeah, guys did and it so today well. Yeah, and it's you know, what's crazy is we got criticized for it tremendously. Ja Rule, no more than Ja Rule. Ja Rule was the worst criticized, and I listen to all the music today, and I'm like, he birthed all of these artists from that. He, That pioneer is always the first one to get the first stone. Yeah. And Ja kept catch got all the stones. So he got hit, you know, and then criticized for, for this new sound. But part of him making that sound was because everyone compared him to DMX. Right. And it's not nothing you could do. There's nothing he could do about his voice and X's voice sounding similar. And I would tell everybody, but Ja was before X. X is on John Rule Records when he was at Blunt Records. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. So how, is, how is it now to flip, flip way? Oh, he sounds like X Rose. Then you should be saying he sounds like Ja. But that never came out that way. And that's just the facts. It's like, come on, let's keep it a hundred. We're gonna talk. Let's talk from a real place, you know. Right. And then, and then, John went and created a sound that there's no way you could deny it or compare it to. And that's what he did. And I give John so much credit because he's a monster. Like, you know, the world didn't get to see the best Jaru yet. That's the sad part. That's the sad part, in my opinion. Jaru's. Um, and his height was still on his apex climbing and we didn't get to finish it out because of all the trials and tribulations we went through as a label. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? As a label. Not, you know, of course, I could sit there and say, um, we could all sit there and say 50 Cent. What if I told you, how could I fight 50 Cent with Ja Rule when my, my partner, my machine, my company of universal that pushes my music is cooperating with the government. They're not going to push it. So what universal did was just make a lateral move and take the money that murder Inc was making and slide it to aftermath, which is Jimmy and Dr. Dre. Don't get it messed up. G unit didn't own all of that stuff. Right. See, that's what people's misconception is. That's he was signed to aftermath. Dr. Dre owned that. Wow. So I didn't even know that. It was just a lateral move of taking the money here, all under the universal umbrella. Interscope is universal. Def Jam is universal. So it didn't matter if it's Murder Rink or, or Interscope. It doesn't matter. It's the same shit. Here you go. You guys take it. All the music is um, not being promoted anymore because the government went to Universal to make them cooperate against us. So they're not pushing our product. So we're in like the worst storm ever and 50 probably in the perfect storm for him. But you guys beat the case though. Yeah, but that's one thing. We beat the case and Universal didn't give us our deal back for over right. two years. So let that sink in. We win and they- Yeah, but in. you you also spent $10 million in legal fees that people don't know. Over 10. We spent about almost 12 and a half, 13 million dollars. But end of the day, it doesn't matter. They took all the money. They blocked everywhere you was making money in music, everything. But that's what made me go and start other businesses because I literally was on my ass after that trial. No money was coming in anymore. The lawyer fees, I didn't make as much money as Irv made. Irv was fine. I wasn't. And I, you know, all that money I that, that was there was gone again in legal fees and in investigators prior to And I'm sitting on my ass like, I'm fucked. So I went and started other businesses. I had to diversify my portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> right. Other businesses like Adventure Music. 
Well, that adventure came later. Remember, right. the internet wasn't really there yet. And you're talking about we won in 05. The internet wasn't there yet. So, so what so, was the but, business after the trial? And then, well, oh, I went into hedge fund business. I was partnered with a guy named Neil Berger and Eagle Asset View Management, you know, and raised money under that. And that's when I really learned um, the value of real business versus music business. Music business is really the rape and pillage business. Universal, Warner Brothers, and Sony should not exist today. They should be in the museum. They did great work, and they're done. You know, think of a dinosaur was still out here roaming around. It'd be pretty dangerous. And that's how I look at look at the music industry with these labels. They shouldn't be existing anymore. It needs to be a whole new infrastructure and system, which adventure music will become um, for every artist so they can own, operate, and monetize their business without a record label really giving them these shitty deals and things of that nature. And don't get me wrong. I know a lot of artists that had shitty deals and made a ton of money. So it can happen. It's just, I want to, I want to help the masses, not the, not the few. So I'm, I'm looking to help the guys at the bottom more so than the guys at the top. The guys at the top is fine. They're going to always be fine. The guys at the bottom is the ones we got to help. Okay. And that, and that number, and that number is huge. That's the reason I tour and I go into all the cities and I go into the worst parts of those cities to try and help those people in those cities to give them the education and knowledge, the information to empower them them with the the information so they know what to do. Whether they do it with me is cool, but I don't see another uh, distribution company trying to do that for them. So what that means is they'll end up coming right back to me no matter where they go because they won't be satisfied with what they get. Matchonmatch.com is a black-owned online micro-marketplace that offers maximum exposure dedicated to black and brown creatives, content creators and entrepreneurs alike. Need help with a product launch, website or designing match? Email us at info at matchonmatch.com or click the link in the description of this episode. And for ASAP listeners, we are offering free shipping with code ASAP at checkout. We protected our artists. That's why you don't hear no one complain about. See, see, there's a difference. Okay. We tried to give them the best deals, and Universal would argue with us and say that's we can't. So we're we're a fifty fifty partnership. End of the day, Universal was writing the checks for those kind of deals. Right. Not Murder Inc. That comes from Universal. That's the way it was structured. That was the way our deal was structured. So when we go to them and say John needs five million, ten million dollars. Or, or something, they say that's too much money. We're not doing it. And then we would say, well, look how much he generated. He should get X. And that's why we're saying, and they would say, don't sign an- don't don't sign him. Go get another artist. And I'm not talking about like A&Rs. I'm only de- I only dealt with CEOs in my career. Right. So I never was dealing with an A&Rs like to get it up the ladder, if you understand. Now we're dealing with the CEO, Doug Morris, Leo Cohen. You know what I'm saying? These are who we're talking to about these things. The time you told us, we're not talking to no one else at the end of the day. Sylvia Rome, you know, these are all bosses in the industry. Right. You know, even Jimmy Iovine, like, we just, man, come on. You know, uh, Clive Davis. These are, uh, you know, uh, the guys we dealt with. Uh, you know, we didn't deal with L.A. Reid. We didn't deal with A&Rs or anyone below them. You know, so at the end of the day, 
it was just a rough time. Like they, they didn't understand these things, and we was not gonna sell out our artists. Ja Rule never had a lawyer. Shanti had a, never had a. We negotiated all their deals. Their lawyers only had to look over what we told them is in the contracts, and how they was getting paid. How about that? Tell me what label. Tell me what label the artist did was done like that. At that level, they're superstars, and we're negotiating their deals. See, it was a family. Right. Murder Inc. was a family. So at the end of the day, that's people get jealous of too. Of course, but it's all good. And it was, you know, we protected everybody in the best way we can. And then another thing to prove it without you even knowing anything is no one left us and we went through a federal trial facing 20 years. Every every artist on our label could have walked away at that very moment with no questions asked. Any lawyer would have got them free. What's the Shanti? Like she said that you guys stole her music, for lack of a better term. What is going on with that? What do you uh, What do you mean we stole her music? How could that be possible, right? How could that be possible when Irv is the co-writer and producer on every song? Right. So it's again, it's a, it's just a misunderstanding on people and the way they want to portray things. And it's I just don't really care what people think because they don't know. Now, if they ever come across me, I break it down and. Then, 99 times out of 100, they'd be like, oh, I get it. I understand. Right, right, right. I was wrong. Because, again, the truth is the truth. There's no hiding any of this information, right? Right. You could, you could find it out. The, the only part you did, that, that the audience did, doesn't know is what was done when it was created. And, there, there's again, we have a documentary coming out. When you hear from every artist that was on a label, all the producers, the engineers, you'll hear the story. It's not us. They always interview without any coercion. Just go and interview because it's not our documentary per se. It's BTS. They own it, and so they just they get the names and then call you in and interview you. That's it. So you'll hear, and they prove out whatever is being said. You know, they do their due diligence to find out the truth. But when you hear all the people saying it, you know what? Sounds like a duck must be a duck. Right. It right. Walks right. like a duck. Sounds like a duck. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, I don't want to. Again, Ashanti, I love Ashanti. She knows that. Irving Ashanti had a relationship. You understand? Right. That's totally different. I, I, I challenge anybody that had a relationship with a, 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 someone else to bring, let me get to talk to that other person. Let me get to see what they say. So Irv was volatile in the way he approached the breakup. They really was in a real relationship. You know what I'm saying? Right. Irv really loved Ashanti at the end of the day. But I said, how do you love her and you're fucking every fucking girl moving, baby? You crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, call it what it is. He had real uh, affection and fondness for her. Well, we heard and it And they in created, and you hear it in the music. It was that chemistry that yeah. created even the, hey, even the, even the volatile times in the relationship is in that music. Right, right. You know, those songs. There was a song. I, I'm bad with titles and names and stuff. There was a song she wanted me to, she asked me to play the part in the video to be Herb because she was going to kill him in the video. <laughs> and I was like, fuck out of here. You crazy? <laughs> okay, I can see the Turner. <laughs> oh, yeah. That anime. That's anime. That's right. <laughs> Listen to anime. You're going to sing it like this. 
<laughs> but Herb would get in the booth. Herb would get in the booth. And again, I would try, I would hate to hear her deny this because it would just it's a testament to her character if she didn't say, you know what, that is completely true. I tell her she doesn't mention Murder Inc. anymore, and I said that's. I said, Ashanti is kind of crazy because that's what made you. You don't have, it's not like she got hit records from somewhere else. <laughs> she really don't. And everyone knows, your entire audience knows you're murdering. Right. It would only make you stronger. It wouldn't make you less of a person. But, you know, she went through a lot with Irv, and I understand that too. Irv, Irv said some foul shit, being high or just being spiteful, whatever it might have been, and, you know, She's at a point where she's like, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to talk about it. But, you know, it is what it is. It's part of your life. It's your legacy. It's the reason you're still touring. Don't get it fucked up. Yeah, yeah. She eating off the shit. She <laughs> eating off the You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's the only part that I tell her. But I stopped talking about it because it's going nowhere. And I don't need to be in the middle of it. And I make no money from it. It's, I get zero dollars. It's crazy because, so, like you said, if she had other songs that was bigger than the songs she was when she was with you guys, it'll be a different argument. But her song, Ashanti had three deals. She had three record deals before she got to Murder Reed. Let that sink in. Wow. So at the end of the day, she found the chemistry. And I promise you, she hated all those singles. Hated them. Because she wasn't singing in perfect pitch. She Ashanti really knows her music. She's dope. And she's a writer, so she would say things. And I don't want to sound like, and I was like, just sing it like this and be you know, like, he really created those records. Right. Because if it was up to her, again, my Steve Jobs, Steve Wozniak analogy, analogy, if it was up to her, she wouldn't have made those records. Right, right. See, that vision is everything. Definitely. That's why the visions make the money. Anyone could run business. I, I take myself, anyone could could run a business. I get someone from Harvard, Wharton School, Wharton, you know, Wharton School of Business, and anyone could run business and do an incredible job. Give me the person that makes the idea, that creates that idea, and that's why they get paid. Right, right, right. Because that's the money. That's what changes the business. It's You could get, like I said, we could go get all the best people to run a business. You can't get someone to create the idea. Right. Irv is the idea. Whether anyone wants to say it or not, brother, no brother, Irv is nothing but an idea. Right, this, right. This dude, and I heard him all my life, and I watched him turn to fruition for other people that he spoke to and told them, and then they did it. And it's like, wow, it's real. Irv was telling Jay-Z from the very early days, we could sell a candy bar, Jay-Z candy bar. Why can Babe Ruth do it and you can't? Why can't you have your own potato chip? And if you think about where he's at, he can sell anything he wants right now. He really just can. Just got to go do the deal. He really can. But Chris, the fans want to know. And telling him, this is years. This isn't, man, this is early days, man. This is early. So, And I'm just using one example, but he's done it time and time again. He's truly a visionary. And, and when, I, when I recognize that my job is to assist that vision to help him complete that vision. What do you need? What does he need to help finish that off? Right. And that's really how I look at my role with Earth. I look at what do you need? How can I get it? Who can I talk to? Who can I get it? The business is going to get done. But get the idea done, and now we have something special. 
And that's what he's doing with Kales right now. He's building that out. And again, we have Irv has so much stuff on the table, man. He's doing incredibly. I'm not going wood for him. He's killing it right now in a whole nother genre, which is music and I mean not music, television and movies. That's what's up. And Mimi over there getting all the benefits, huh? Nene? Oh, Nene gets Nene. whatever she wants. <laughs> it's her world. But but Nene's old school. Yeah. She don't want nothing. Right. That's the crazy shit. Right. She asked her, what do you want to do? She don't want to travel. She don't want to get on planes. She's ADHD. She's like, I don't want to do that. That's funny. She just want her baby home. She just wants her whole family, not just me, everybody. (laughs) She wants to be around all her grandkids, great grandkids, the whole all her kids. She wants that. Mimi's the truly the matriarch, uh, you know, of the family. Right, right, right. She's an amazing woman, man. It's amazing. 88, she still goes, she don't stop. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. And she will still stab you. <laughs> Shout out to Mom Duke. Hey, maybe keep that knife right under her seat in the kitchen. Yo. We're like, why do you keep a knife? She's like, oh, just in case they got to carve something up. <laughs> talking about like food, but she's really talking about you. Maybe's <laughs> <laughs> gangster. That's Maybe X. <laughs> That's funny, man. Yeah, yeah, wait, yeah. I gotta put her on screen because she sounds like the real gangster. <laughs> Listen to me, her story, her stuff is hilarious. Irv wanted to do a TV show, God, God bless that, when my pops was here. He passed uh, a year or so ago. And, and he wanted to do a TV show with them. Her nickname is Wheezy. So, and my <laughs> father's nickname, yeah, her nickname is Wheezy. And my father's nickname is Corky. So Corky and Weezy, that's what we wanted to do. It. And, and Nene's always upset with Little Wayne because how does he have that name? I had it first. <laughs> oh, my God. That <laughs> yeah, is you funny. Yeah, you think I'm playing. She's like, I don't like I don't like him. He got my name. I don't like it. No one had that name. How does he got that name? I said, man, Nene, you can't be the only one to allow that man to have that name. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they both from the yeah, South, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to me. She's Mimi is one of one, yo. She is one of one. Shout out to Nini though. Yeah, shout out to Nini. So tell us about Adventure. What is Adventure? I like the logo too. The logo looks like the Murder Inc. logo. Well, it was done by on purpose. I wanted it to look like Murder Inc. so you know it comes from from where it comes from. Right. I'm, right, and that's adventure music. So adventure music, man, technically was birthed in '09. Um, that's when I first. That's when the internet was really coming in, and I was like, we don't need labels anymore. We could get distribution. We could do our own distribution and everything. But adventure music was based on and birthed because of the way artists was treated and how I seen these CEOs being in their office treat artists. Right. right, and everyone says you was a label. I said, yeah, but we didn't do that. They did, and we had to deal with it and get around them the best way we can, and that's what we did. But you know, they still had the ultimate control. But our deals again, everyone couldn't complain because at the time they was best the best deals they could get. At the time, remember things evolve and change, right? right? And no one was talking about ownership because when you talk ownership, you also have to pay. 
right? When you own something, you own this podcast. There's no one paying for this but you. Right. Anything that's needed, you have to supply it. You have to do it. So when you own your own music, it's no different. You have to pay for all your marketing, promoting, any features. Don't go crying to somebody and say, I need money and want to be independent. It doesn't make sense. Right. See, I like to put the mirror in front of artists, which no one does. Um, and they don't never look at their sales. They always blame someone else. Right. They never say, damn, that record was bad. It was. It didn't work. It's my fault. They never will say that. They always say why something went wrong and, and it's going the wrong direction. So, But, you know, adventure music is birthed because of the way artists was treated. And it's three words, add ADD, because all artists are uh, attention deficit disorder. That's why I made it ADD, oh. not ADD. See, I really play, I like a play on the words in his ventures because it's all business, right? Right. So in music, and so it's like we're, and we're adding businesses together so you could own and operate and monetize your own, right? It's not one faceted, it's not just one. And it's all based on your resource level. You have to pay, I don't pay, right? I do distribution, but I have the services, I give you information, you take that and go with it wherever you want. I vet out all the services to make sure they work properly um, and make sure everyone is getting what they paid for, which is the biggest part in music today for independent artists. Everyone's scamming those guys because they know they don't know. Right. So if you come through Adventures and use services for me, I already vetted it. Whatever the service says it's going to do, it will do. If it said your music is going to get to a million people, it will. Ten million people, it will. Right? I stand on that. So at the end of the day, that's part of the reason Adventures for me is like head and shoulders above these other companies because we're protecting. Anything we do is to protect the artists. And two, you said it's three words. So it's Adventure, then it's Adventure. <laughs> right? Adventures with an S. Adventures music. It's three words. Oh, right, it's right, right, words. right. But like Adventure, like let's go on an adventure, right? Like that's kind of that's, yeah, that's how and I read it first. So think of Murder Rink. We talk, you know, we always loved what is that called? Like a double entendre type yeah. of name that means two different things, right? You know, Rockefeller Records, right? Right. It's like it could be you. It could be again. Back then, you had to be from the street, so you could Rockefeller like beat them up, or you was Rockefeller like the rich family. Right, or dancing. See, Death Row Records, Death Row Records was the inmate. You know, he was an inmate, a Death Row inmate, bad boy. You know, it was like it had a lot of different meanings to it. Right. You know, you could make it into different things, and that's what Murder, Rink. We made hits, right? It wasn't just gangster shit, but we also, at that time, you have to deal with that street side of things. Right, right, right. And that's where that part comes in as well. It's, you know, there was people out there that really thought we was Italian, that really thought God is my last name. There was <laughs> a, a ton of dude. Seriously. Seriously. And it was like, wow, this is crazy. But, you know, adventure music is definitely the future um, for music, the music industry, you know, to to empower these independent artists. But is Irv on the team at Adventure Music? Uh, anything I do, Irv is involved in 
in anything he does I'm involved in. It's just That's blood just, in, blood out. Right, 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 right. It's just the way it is. So the way I explain it to everyone, Murder, Inc., I'm the uncle to Murder, Inc. I'm not the daddy. Irv is the daddy to Murder, Inc. So as an uncle, you can't really change what some, right? It's, right. it's all with the father or parent wants. And Adventures is the same way. That's my baby, and Irv is the uncle. Right. So it's all good. You know, it's um, it's all good. Like I said, but there's nothing that if I'm doing it, he's doing it. And it's vice versa. If I need him to do something, it's just I use him when I need him. That's dope. You guys got a dope website, too. Let me ask you this, because you mentioned, we mentioned it a few times since we've been on the pod I, about the record labels. I believe in a few years, and I'm saying this now on ASAP, I think that the record labels are going to be Apple Music and Spotify. Here's here's what I'll tell you. So unless their philosophy changes, it could be true, but from the beginning, okay, they didn't want that. Right. Okay, so they gangsted uh Universal, all the late labels, they gangsted us. All the record labels, they played us. Honestly, Apple Music being first, him and him and uh, Doug Morris had beef anyway, and so Apple Music played us first, and then everyone followed suit, like the Spotify's and all of those companies like that followed suit. So at the end of the day, what happened was, here they are. They come in with this new platform, selling music, and they tell the labels, we want everything for free. We're going to sell your music, but we don't want to pay for it. Just give it to us. We'll put it on our platform and we'll sell it. Labels was never about giving anything for free. It was about licensing that intellectual property for a very pricey fee. Right. Right? So that's the heyday of music. You got to remember, this is, man, this is the good glory days of music. And hit into these companies. So, uh, what Apple said is, we don't, we're not going to do that. You pay for those albums to be made. You pay for the marketing, promoting. And we're just selling them. We're in New Tower Records, basically. Right. But we're doing it digital. They didn't understand it, didn't want it, and said no. Steve Jobs came back and told him, "Okay, well now I'm taking thirty percent of everything we do when you do do it." And that's how everybody now takes thirty percent. Um, off of every record, but they didn't want to deal with the cost it takes to make a star a star. Right. So what they will do now, they'll wait for that star to raise their head and become that that independent guy to start really moving, and then they can say we'll throw something in it. But they already know the math. See, this is, this business is very calculated. So they already know how much you're going to generate, and they use that to pay you. Or to do whatever they're going to do. Right. Based on X amount of time. The more they give you, it doesn't need to be, it could be in years that they get their money back, right? If you're a boss, if I told you, give me a hundred grand, but I'm going to pay you back $10,000 for two years a month, you can do the math. You can be like, that's 240. Here you go. Here's your hundred. I'll wait as long as you feel I could actually deliver on that 10000 every month. And if you think of it from that standpoint, you understand how these deals are created from the from the math of you hear all these artists get these huge deals. Well, they're doing huge things then, and the labels are just taking right um, slow. 
Big bank, take little bank. And then I tell all these artists, when you hear them complain, I said, you wasn't complaining when you signed the deal. See, I'm a, I'm a big boy, and I want all the big boys and girls to stand on what they do. You make a bed, you lie. But when you get popping, you're supposed to go renegotiate your contract. Don't get me wrong. But at the point you signed your deal, that was the level you was at. You're no longer at that level and you want more money. Okay, well, guess what? You have to, this is business. This isn't free. There's a reason someone invested in you. They want their profit too. Right. That's why I did the deal. So this is the problem with the understanding and information from being on a label, not being on a label. And that's the difference of how it goes. You gotta, you gotta man up. Right, Except right. the floor, like damn, and then get your lawyer and go change that deal so you get more percentage, more equity of it. And the no deals are forever, so you know if you really get about your work, get do the work to get out the deal so you could become free. But everyone loves that money, you know. Don King used to tell me he said cash, and you give them the cash, they take it. So he would have fighters that were supposed to get a million bucks he give them 500,000 in cash where do I sign give me the paper and they sign it <laughs> it's, cr- it's crazy though because when I hear about these I don't know if this happens to white artists but I always hear about it from black artists about like these bad deals do, does this happen to white people did Britney Spears get a bad deal because I always hear about black artists talking about it but I've yeah, never Britney, Britney Spears got her level of deal and then she changed her deal as she grew uh, and they do it they do it easily easier than they do for black artists okay okay they just do it without with less of a fight but i'm like why do these right? people sign these bad deals they be thirsty to, like for oh uh, you know I, I i hate i hate that because that to me is an uneducated person in the business right first of all no one made that person sign that deal so why isn't someone saying, well, I didn't force you to sign it. Why did you sign it, motherfucker? Because <laughs> you thought it was your only option at the time. Right. Let's keep it Let's keep it above. You thought this is the only way I'm going to win, and this is what why you signed that deal. Come on. It's simple as that. So don't be mad now that you didn't even believe in yourself at that moment that you thought. And then don't uh, uh, devalue the money I put into you to make you become where you became. There's a value for that. And in hindsight, it's 2020. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I look, I, I even Meg, I see she just dropped her thing and I love Meg. And then she was complaining, but you signed that deal because you thought that's what it was. Then all of a sudden your record stopped really going because he's dumping this money yeah. into you. And, and now you're like, yo, it's not fair. It's not right. You, that's not fair. That's not right. <laughs> Wow, because that's you know exactly what I'm saying. What happened, when you get yeah. what, yeah, but guess what else happens? I'm gonna tell you really the real problem, and this is why I got beef with all lawyers. It's a lawyer typically that's in the ear. Oh my God, you know how much money you should be getting. You know, yeah, and to get you as a they client, padding legal fees, they padding legal fees on. That's what it is. They they padding the they, legal they, fees, but they tr- they, yeah. they got to convince you. They're telling you and showing you. Look how much money you should be getting. So he's getting this, and you not. This is all you get. They're showing you the deal, but why did they do that from the door and say, "Well, you know, if you become this type of an artist, this is what this deal would look like." Right? They don't do that because they just want their fucking check. 
See, right. they, this is why I, I have beef with lawyers because they act like they're all innocent, but they're really the problem. No, they're the scammers. They're the because ninety nine percent of all these artists that talk about it, they had representation, something. Right. Right. And if they didn't, whose fault is that? That's How crazy. About this? All my art, all my producers, I would use my lawyer to represent them against my contract. Right. And then we would sit at the table perfectly legal and I let them ask any questions. Okay? And then they could go back. We had a, a, a oh, I didn't have a lawyer at the time. Yes, you did. You had this lawyer. Did we go over everything? Yes. Did he tell you everything? Yes. Did you sign it? One, two, three? No. You went through everything. You did your due diligence. He was legally representing you. He told you he had to. And any questions, he was giving it to you. We read every line in the contract. That's how I do all my... I still do. I go, if you don't have the registration, you don't need a lawyer. I'll pay for the lawyer for you. I mean, that's, that's and bad. And go through every it's, part of the contract. Yeah. And it's like, that's why I don't like it because I also know the mindset of a, an artist. And their mindset is everything is them. <laughs> Right, they're right. thinking how great they are, great what they did, and they don't realize all the back behind the scenes that had to happen to make hit what you did happen. Right, you know, and it, you know, and that's the game. Is but people invest in artists and talent, and you know, I could go through so many people that I know, me personally, that lost hundreds of thousands of dollars investing in artists. They can't, they can't get nobody money back. They're not sitting there complaining, right, that they right. lost all this money. But these artists, when they make money, they complain. It's like, no, this is the reason someone invested. They want that profit. They want that upside. Right, right. And it's your job to go in with your attorney and say, well, give me a better deal. My deal is five years. All right, I know I got three, three more to go. Let me get a better deal. Because I'm no longer that that artist, and anyone of right business mind would do it because they want the money to keep coming in. Right, right. If I own if I own that artist and they're doing well, I don't want it to end. Of course, I'm gonna renegotiate the deal. It's business. It's simple. It's like, and I just hate hearing all of those things. And that's the reason I adventure music. I put that mirror up on artists first. That's dope. Right? And listening so you, to you too, Chris, you, you uh, you're you're an educator. You have a passion for education. You know that, right? Yeah. Yes. The way and, he talks, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, but like, but he knows what he's talking about. He's done it, right? But, you know, he so it's like definitely, you know, an act of education, adventures, and this kind of like your podcast, giving them the business, very very educational. Yes. You picking up gems That's what like it's for. left and right. Yeah, man, like giving giving the business you that is a business based gym podcast that you and De Niro created. How long you like how long you guys you been know, doing that? In my in my in my in my I'm fifty four. In my walk of life I dealt with so many um types of businesses. Right. And I, I, I'm able to, what I feel one of my strongest points is I'm able to dumb it down so anyone could understand it. I could put it in layman terms for everyone so they could understand the problems that might occur, exist, why, 
you know, the whole thing and really give them a breakdown. And then from a numbers standpoint, um, that's probably my strongest. I'm very good with numbers. I'm very good with numbers and it just comes together. I, and I put it all back for adventure music. I put it all back to the artists so that no matter what business that we're talking about, I can relate it right back to how it affects an artist. Right. It's the same thing from a clothing, a clothing line, a, a computer company, a tech company, a crypto company, NFT company, and it's the same thing in music. It's because it's all business. Right. And I have a way of kind of going to breaking through those lines to make you understand it, that it's all the same. That's how I, that's how my mind sees all of these things. So you could talk to somebody about business on the street and you could talk to somebody about business in the boardroom and get it done. Yeah. That's definitely, you know, that's again, it's funny you say that that's part of my other, I think why I got one of my purposes here is to help exactly that. Take the guys at the lowest level, make them understand, see it, get it and be able to do it. And then I could go up into the highest uh, land and talk to those people, make them understand it, see it, get it, and make the bridge. Right? Because right? this culture we're in, this hip-hop culture, to me, is the bridge. We start at the bottom, but all the people at the top want it. Right, right. They use it. They need it. They need it. But they don't know how to get across that bridge to get it, and vice versa. And that's what I look at as myself. I'm that bridge. Definitely. And you giving free gems on the podcast, giving them the business. Is that, you know, you, I mean, you're giving free game and you know what, we're four or five episodes in. So adventures, I'm signing up for the service and giving them the business is the free game. The decades of game you got, giving it free, subscribe to the YouTube, giving them the business podcast. That was intentional. Absolutely. Uh, giving them the business is powered by adventure music. Okay. So that that's if you look at the logo, it says it inside of that logo right. that we have powered by adventure music. I'm letting you know this is what's making us do this. We want to help you. We want to give you this information, put it on a platform so you can go get it, see it, take it in, understand it, and then come back better. Right, because that's what it's about: growth and development to get better in your business, whatever that business may be. Again, if you're that artist and you want to, there's information there that you'll be able to get, take and get better at what you're doing. Understand the challenges that are in front of you. You know, that's the why. Why? Why can't I do this? Why? Here's the reason why I break it down for you. You know, there's a lot of obstacles. There's no right or wrong answers. So. You could get to your end result any way you want. Some ways are shorter than others. That's all. <laughs> right. That's the only difference. There is no blueprint to this business, any of these businesses. There is no blueprint. Because if it was, someone would just keep doing it over and over and over and become the richest person in the world. Right, right, right. It's no blueprint. It's We're humans. We have... Uh, we think we have a choice, you know, like we have our own mind instincts. It's connecting all of those. How were you able, you and your brother, able to continuously stay successful, even with the the case? People can only manage business in like an era 
but not too many people were able to cross over from physical to digital. Like, how did that transition? You know, it's funny. We, there was a day we were, we're there with the label, and then all of a sudden, the digital side comes in. And what we're saying is we're missing out on a lot of money. We don't see no, we're not getting paid from that side. Right. We had to renegotiate all our contracts. See, this is what people don't know because in our original contracts, there is no talk or def no defining language on digital. So how are we getting paid? And that's why they wasn't paying us. They wasn't paying nobody unless you renegotiated for your digital. And I'm pretty sure some, some guys might have missed that window. But we did. And we had to renegotiate for all our artists <laughs> the digital rights, which is a whole new territory right. um, uh, to collect from and, and then break down how do we get paid from it. You know? Right, right, right. So that's, you know, that from the early days, once that happened, it made me think digital. So that's basically what made me start. All it is is you're putting your mind into a space that now is new and cre was created and being uh, open-minded to, to accept what's coming in. Like, right. it's a new, di it's different than the way it was, right? This is change, so you have to be open-minded. Right. Uh, to make change. Another thing, too, I like about giving them the business, I like how your episodes are, like, digestible. They're 20 minutes long. Yeah. So we, we did that. When we're just talking about a topic, I told them no more than 30 minutes. Right. Tops. Right, we go thirty minutes. Attention spans today is just gone. These new millennials and Z's, the Z's is something else. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, they, they, I mean, their attention span is gone. So if you don't capture them or get them to be on in that moment, what are you gonna get? Right. You understand? It's very limited. It's like, damn, man, what's going on here? Like, so you, the longer it goes, is only when I have guess if i have guests i don't want to cut a guest short right so i'll let them do it but i'll i'll segment it but you know we're gonna figure out that but end of the day i know youtube does that for commercials for ads anyway they break it down right right people making bread off youtube too what about adventures oh, yeah. what what do you guys got for podcasters for people like me what how can i tap into adventure music well i wouldn't when you say for adventures <laughs> what do we have for podcasts we will do it through giving them the business. Okay. I do seminars, but I do do seminars. I do do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, uh, I do seminars when I tour. So with Adventure Music, we tour around. I got dates coming up in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, I'll be out there for three days doing different events. And I'm going to Virginia and uh, Newport News. I got another three dates. I got Philly. And I have uh, uh, one more spot, Philly and, oh, Baltimore. But at the end of the day, that's what I do. I do seminars. I educate everywhere I go. So it's not just the podcast, but now we'll be promoting in every place I go into, go to the podcast, go to Giving Them Business, Powered by Adventure Music. We're giving you information, knowledge. Go get it. Free game. Free game. And it's going to be in a way that I know people could digest. That's, you know, I could sit you in front of some of the smartest people and you, when they finish talking, you're still as dumb as you was when you got there <laughs> because you can't understand their language. Alexis.
I'm joking. <laughs> wow. She talks another language? Is that what you're implying? Alexis. He was, yeah, he was trying to make a joke that went sour. That fell flat. No, Alexis, Alexis, brilliant, brilliant. So your purpose, though, your purpose definitely is education. Like, definitely education. Yes. You know, there was a commercial years ago with a, a Charles Schwab, an investment company. It was an old white man sitting in the chair, and he had a, a, a pipe in his, in his thing. And he just sitting there in the commercial, then all of a sudden he speaks, and he says, our educated consumer is our best customer. Wow. And that's my philosophy for adventure music. The more you know, the more you're going to come work with me because you're going to realize there's nowhere else for you to be. Educated consumer. I like so, that. Let me write that down. So our educated is our best customer. That's from Charles Schwab. But again, the young the young kids will never know what that is. That's only for the old heads. <laughs> but they, when, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's, a tr- it's so true because if we're out here and we're doing things no one else is doing, once you go to those other companies and you're looking for the things that I'm doing, when you find out it's here and you get educated on you're going to be like, I got to go to Adventures. I got to be with Adventure Music. Right, right. And that's the truth. I have most of my clients, over 75% of my clients came from other platforms. Wow. So they went to the other platforms, didn't get what they wanted, and now they're here with me. It's it's really it's really powerful. Education is the way to go, and I don't see any platform willing to educate because, at the end of the day, most of them are still about what I call record label business, which was rape and pillage. They're right. just doing it in a different way. Well, yeah, horror stories, man. So thank you for for definitely providing a a, a platform, some tools for our up and coming because the people. Like I said earlier, yeah, who be getting raped by these record labels is people that look like us and our people. You know what I mean? So, yeah, definitely, you guys at VentureMusic.com. That's the website, right? Absolutely, AdventuresMusic.com. Yes, and then giving them the business and giving them the business podcast. Go watch, man. Sign up. You know, become a subscriber. I mean, you're going to get a ton of information. The next episodes that we just dropped, the the last episode we just dropped was the Stop and Frisk. So in New York, right. uh, the mayor, uh, Eric Adams, brought back Stop and Frisk, which was already proven unconstitutional by, you know, by the Supreme Court. Fourth Amendment is being broken because it used to exist. We got rid of it. And now he brings it back as the new mayor. This is the first thing he does is bring back Stop and Frisk, which makes no sense to me being a black mayor on top of being the next mayor. He's a black mayor and talks about, oh, we're bringing this back. Like, no, there's so much data and information that you'll hear in the doc. I mean, I said the doc into the podcast uh, that I give on the statistics and things of that nature. Like, there's no way this should be back in in New York City or anywhere for that matter because it only targets minorities. Right, right. I mean, the mayor in and New nine York Nine out is... of ten, nine out of nine out of ten people that they stopped in Frisk is innocent. Just imagine you just walking and they pulling you over to the side to check you, and you had nothing going on. Like, what gives them the right to do so? And this is what he wants to bring back. And it, Absolute power corrupts absolutely. So here you got cops with absolute power. You can't expect the result that's 
that's going to be good. It's going to be corruption. This guy, nine out of ten, is not guilty. They're not doing nothing wrong. You know, and I said to them, like, with just one person being harassed and treated, if you, if anyone ever felt that, they know why one person is one too many. Right. And the police have a hell of a job. It's a hard job. No, it is. One is too much. Just like, didn't you tell your attorney when they arrested you for the third one day in jail was too long for me? That's right. Yeah. You know, it's like, I didn't do anything wrong. What am I doing over here? <laughs> like one one day is too much. Like I don't need this. This is not part of my life. What are you kidding me? Right. But right. you, they'll make it like no, it is. And they, no, it's not. It's wrong. And I said, you know, I just, you know, I I, I want to speak up for have nots, you know, because this is what this is all about. You know, people talk about with adventures. Chris, why are you wasting all your time with all these artists? You get one artist, go make that, and that's it. And I said. I'm not trying to help one. I'm trying to help all. So again, the ones that don't need the help, cool. I'm not mad at you. Good luck, God bless. Right. But let me deal with these guys that need the help. Right, right. And that's where the large numbers come in. You know, they told me how I I, I did research and they was like it's over twenty two million independent artists in the United States alone. Twenty two million. So that's my market share. I know TuneCore has over two million artists on their platform. I said, "Give me, give me one million artists on, on Adventures, and and then I would have gotten rid of Universal, Warner Brothers, and Sony because I'm trying to do that. See, they're not trying to do that, so their business model is not structured that way. Wow, mine is, mine is, mine is to get rid of. Right, and in the, you know, in in a year or so, I will have where there's funding. When I look at what a label could do versus what we, uh, you know, today versus a distribution company, the only thing that they could do that I can't technically is cut a check. I'm not cutting checks to these independent artists to sign them. Right? right. But I could go get marketing promotion dollars from outside sources, cut those deals so they could get money to market and promote their product is not to put in their pocket, not at the lowest level. You have to be valued at a certain level to get money to put in your pocket. But X amount goes to marketing and promoting and creating campaigns, and that changes the game. The information that you dropped you. and shared here at ASAP, you know, all of our listeners are going to be listening to it and take something from it. And then you give them free game Appreciate on giving you. the business podcast <clears throat> on YouTube. So you guys, you make sure you subscribe to that. Adventuremusic.com. Like I'm like Jerry Springer. Any final thoughts, Chris? <laughs> uh, final thoughts is, you know, again, I, I wish you all the best here with this podcast. Again, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad Alexis is with you. Uh, she's a character. She, even though she was quiet today, I don't know why she's the one that always got something to say. <laughs> but but at the end of the day like you have a great partner and again she's going to do the work and I, I wish you guys all the best with this podcast here this ASAP and Chris what should our listeners do ASAP what they should do ASAP is follow me on Chris Gotti 187 on Instagram and all social medias or platforms go, for, go subscribe immediately to give them the business 
get your game up. I got you. And then let us know who you might want me to talk to. I can reach out to a lot of different people. You'll be surprised. And then, again, if you're an artist, sign up to adventuresmusic.com. That's A-D-D-V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S, music, M-U-S-I-C.com, and become a member. And, again, join this artist community we have over here. You'll be surprised how good it works for everybody. That's what's up. He's looking That's for love, ladies. <laughs> what is, what was that? <laughs> I said he's looking for love, ladies. <laughs> Always looking for love every night. Actually, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, because that's that could be actually some content right there. That could actually be no. <laughs> a show. Love, love could be mean. Love could mean a lot. Get your mind out the gutter, people. Get your mind out the gutter. Love could be just being in the conversation, a dinner being cooked. It could be so many things. You know, there's so many acts of love. That is true too. You that know, but you know, too. Lexi's going in the negative direction. She's going in the. She's going. She's taking me to the gutter. Right, right, right. Looking for love. That's funny, funny. Everyone needs love. We all do. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.